0: If you have your Bible, go ahead and open to Malachi chapter 3. And uh, I think in your notes there, uh, there's a typo. I put Malachi 6, 3, but it's actually Malachi 3, 6. And uh, we're going to continue our series on Behold Our God. And we've looked at different aspects of God and uh, trying to get to know who the God of the Bible is. And we want to continue with that. Uh, studying this book, really, uh, we'll just be reading Malachi chapter three and verse number six, but we'll actually be studying the whole book. And so I uh, just want to uh, give you a heads up on that and uh, and just say we'll be reading uh, just the one verse this morning, but and then we'll be covering uh, the whole book as we uh, as we study uh, and grow together on who God is, on the person and character of God. So Malachi chapter number three, and verse number six. It says like this For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And we're going to look at that first phrase For I am the Lord, I change not. Let's pray. Father, this morning I just ask that you would be with us. I ask that, first of all, Father, that you would fill me with your spirit that I'd be able to this morning communicate uh, to those of us here what your word says, that I would be able to communicate it with power, but also that I would be able to communicate it with clarity. I pray that you would speak to my heart and speak to the hearts of us that are here, that your Holy Spirit would begin to illuminate our minds, that our hearts would be ready to receive your word. I thank you for the time of worship that we've had thus far in the service singing your praises, exalting the name of Christ. I thank you for the special music and the special time of giving. But now as we study your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin a work in us, that we would not be, Father, um, cold-hearted or hard-hearted towards your word but that, Father, this morning we would be receptive and ready to receive your word. So I pray that your spirit would speak to us now, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Are hid away. I lay it all at your feet. From the corner of my deepest shame, the empty places where I've worn mm
0: God of the Bible is an unchanging God throughout the years throughout history God has really never changed who he is now as people we have the tendency to change according to the circumstances and situations that sometimes we find ourselves in we we tend to change our thinking we tend to change our habits we we tend to change maybe even who we are in our character. In fact, one of the greatest challenges as people is to be consistent and not change. But it just seems that though we try as much as we can, it seems that we are ever having change in our lives. It seems that as human beings as mankind that we have much and much change that we run into and much and much change in our lives. In fact, it sort of reminds me of, uh, of a dad I heard about that was on vacation driving with his family. And uh, as he was going to the city that they were going to be vacationing in, uh, the road that they were going to take um, uh, had a road close sign on there. And like every smart, wise, all-knowing dad, he said, well, I'm just going to go around the sign and I'm sure I'll figure it out when I get down the road there. And of course, his wife was telling him, oh, honey, I don't think you can go that way. There's a road closed sign for a reason. And and he said, oh, you just you believe too much of those signs. I, I'm going to get around. I'm going to show you. So they go around the sign, and they started going down the road on the road that was supposed to be closed. And uh, as they got closer to the city, the, the dad started feeling a little bit proud of himself. He started thinking, I told you. I told you, these people, that somebody just put the sign on the wrong road. And I knew I was right. And, and as they kept going down the road for a few more miles, finally he saw why the road said there, closed. You see, they began to approach a bridge, and as he looked, the bridge was not finished. The bridge that led to the city where they were going was not done yet. And so seeing that, he had to eat a little bit of that humble pie, and he didn't talk too much about how smart he was. He just sort of turned the car around and made his way back to the main road where they had detoured. And And it was funny, as he finally made it back to the road that he had detoured off to, where the sign was, on the back of the sign, it said, Welcome back, genius. You know, sometimes on the road of life, it's like that. Sometimes the life and the road that we should be taking, we sort of go off of that and we sort of change the way we are going. And by the grace of God, many times he will bring us back to the road that we should be on. Now, as you study the life of this prophet Malachi, and as we will study this morning the book of Malachi, you'll find that Malachi was a kind of prophet that would be perfect for today. As I read it, uh, this book probably three or four times this week, I, uh, I couldn't help but think that Malachi would be like the millennial's perfect pastor. If you read the, uh, the book of Malachi, you'll see that he not only gives you the message, but then he answers the questions that the people would have. He's given a message, and as many millennials, and I'm, I think, part of the millennial generation, uh, we always ask the question, but why? Why is it like that, or why are you saying that? And Malachi was a prophet who was called to give God's message, and he used a unique way of doing that. In fact, as you read, like, Isaiah and Jeremiah, you'll find that they sort of just gave the Word of God and said, hey, thus saith the Lord, this is what God has said. But Malachi, he would do that, but then he would use questions to prompt why he was saying that. He was going to give the people the reason behind why God was saying this is the way it should be. Now Malachi was living in a day in which the people of Israel were in somewhat of a transition. If you remember during the time of Jeremiah, Babylon came and conquered Israel. And you remember that uh, they not only destroyed Jerusalem, but they took the people captive. And, and then you read the story of Daniel and how he lived there in the country of Babylon. Well, after 70 years, God took back the people of Israel, those that were in captivity, and brought them back to Jerusalem. Through the leadership of a man by the name of Ezra, and through the leadership of a man by the name of Nehemiah, uh, God brought that captivity back. And and if you remember the story of Nehemiah, you can read it there. You'll find that Nehemiah was one of the governors there in Israel, and he was one that was really the main reason that the <coughs> excuse me the walls of Israel began to be rebuilt. He was one of the reasons why the temple began to be rebuilt under Ezra as well, as under his leadership. And Ezra really helped the priesthood to come back and, and get the, the offerings to the Lord, the sacrifices to come back again, and, and bringing that, that worship mindset back to Jerusalem and to the people there. Well, after about 100 years, Malachi comes onto the scene. Malachi is preaching to that generation that had already been in the promised land again for a hundred years. They'd already come back from Babylon. They'd already rebuilt the walls. They'd already rebuilt the temple. And now they were just sort of moving forward in their life. But there was a problem in that time with the people of Israel. If you remember, as you read uh, the book of Isaiah and the book of Jeremiah, God's promises to them kept saying, listen, when I bring you back, I'm going to make in Israel a nation where all the nations will come and worship God. I will make the nation of Israel the leading nation, and they will rule over the other nations in the world, and I'm going to make Israel to be great again on earth. So a hundred years after that, after they've been there in the promised land, these people, these Israelites are looking around and they're saying, but I, I don't see that our economy is changing. A lot of them are saying, well, I see that the uh, walls are rebuilt and I see that the temple is rebuilt, but uh, where's the greatness? Where's the promises that God said we were going to be great again? And, and where's every, every promise that God made that, that, uh, that we were going to be ruling the nations? They began to doubt a little bit of God's promises. They, they began to allow this thought to come in their mind of saying, well, if God loved us, why are we the way we are right now? Why has His promises not been fulfilled? Where is God? I mean, I could understand that after a decade, we were still building the walls and the temple. And after, after two decades, we we're still trying to form ourselves as a nation, but it's been a hundred years. And at that point in history, God sends this prophet Malachi. There's not a whole lot known about Malachi. In fact, all we know is what his name means. It means God's messenger. And Malachi shows up. We don't know what his family situation is. We don't really know, uh, in fact, where he came from. We just know that Malachi was a man with a message. And he comes to the people of Israel, those people that had been there for 100 years, and he begins to give them God's message. And basically it boils down to this, what we read in Malachi 3.6. He says, here's what God has for us. God says, I am the Lord, I change not. He says, there's no reason to doubt what God has said, people. God does not change. We have changed over the last hundred years. We have changed over the last 500 years in our relationship with God. But God hasn't changed in his relationship to us. And Malachi begins to tell them of the unchanging God. Can I say if there's any message that we need to know about today and be reminded of in our generation is that God has not changed. God is still the same. God still wants you and I to recognize who He is. In fact, God is not waiting uh, for Himself to change. God is waiting for us to change. So I want to share with you three unchanging aspects of God that Malachi shared with the people of Israel in his day that I believe today we need to know, that we need to realize. I want you to notice, first of all, uh, that Malachi uh, shows us God's unchanging faithfulness. Look in chapter 1 and verse number 2 there of the book of Malachi, where he says, "...I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord?" Yet, I loved Jacob. The first thing that he reminds the people of, the the first reminder that Malachi gives the people is the fact that God has been faithful to them and that God's heart is a heart of love for them. The very first thing Malachi says, this is the burden that I have. This is the message I want to give you and remind you of, that God loves you. I think that's such an amazing message because when you look at the history of those Israelites and when you look at the history of even their grandparents and their great-grandparents, you'll find that they come from a line of people that didn't really show all that love to God. They weren't all that faithful to God. In fact, because of their unfaithfulness, because of their lack of love to God, God allowed the people of Babylon to come and conquer them. God brought judgment upon them because of their lack of love, but God says, I want to remind you of something, Israel. I still love you. It's amazing when you think about God's faithfulness. Malachi was telling them, I want you to know, despite all that has happened in our history, despite what has happened in the last hundred years, let me just remind you of something. God loves you. God has a heart of love for you, I want you to notice that Malachi tells them, you know what, you're a chosen people. He said, you know, just like you had the question today, they had the question back then. How do we know that God loves us? Uh, uh, look what's going on, Malachi, in our, in, our, uh, in our time. How do we know that God loves us? And Malachi reminds us of, of this truth. He said, don't you remember that God chose you? that you're a chosen people? He said, don't, don't you know that there were two brothers, Jacob and Esau? And he said, and I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Now let me just inject there that by hate, he doesn't mean despise like we would say hate today. He was making a comparison. And in the Jewish culture, they would do this when they were writing in their grammar. This is how they would make comparison. They would say, listen, he loves this person so much that the love for that person almost looks like hate because he loves this one so much more. So here God reminds the people, you know, I loved Jacob. I chose you not because you were something so great, not because you were something so special and so, so unique. He said, I just chose you because I chose you, because I love you. God reminds them from the very beginning of his loving heart. He says, you're a chosen people, and then he reminds them that they were a protected people. He said, if you look at Esau's descendants, you'll find that they've been conquered. He said, for you guys, I sent you to Babylon, but I brought you back. But have you noticed, where's Esau's descendants? He said, I gave them that mountain. And you can read throughout Genesis and Exodus, and you'll find that uh, Esau's descendants, his children and great-grandchildren, and uh, the descendants that came from Esau, they had a mountain that God had given them. But because of their sin, judgment came, and they were scattered, and they never came back together. But Malachi says, but have you thought about how much God loves you, people of Israel? That he brought you back here? You've been chosen and you've been protected by God. You know, I I can't help but think that that's a message that we need to be reminded about today. The Bible says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Do you know that God says there's no reason and nothing that you've done that makes me love you? But I have chosen to love you. But God showed His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't say, "Well, I loved you because y'all came to church." He didn't say, "I love you because of the temple you built me." I love you because of the walls that you built, because of the greatness of your mind and the greatness of your power. No, God said, "I love you because I chose you." God was so faithful and and Malachi reminded the people God's faithfulness in his love for you and me. You know, can I remind you this, this morning, God still loves you. Despite maybe what you have done, despite maybe the sins in your life, despite maybe the mistakes of your marriage or the mistakes in your life, can I tell you God still loves you? God has brought you to this place. God has chosen you. God has protected you. I remind you of God's faithfulness in your life. But I also want you to notice that Malachi said not only is his faithfulness in his love, but his faithfulness is found in the fact that he's worthy of honor. He tells the people of Israel of God's worthiness. He reminds them that God is worthy. He says, listen, just like God was worthy and holy and righteous there in the book of Exodus when he gave the law to Moses, he's still like that today. God is still worthy of our worship. God is still worthy of all that we can give him. You see, he reminds them that they were divinely instructed in how to worship God. As you read there, starting in verse number six, you'll find that God says, you know, a son is supposed to honor his father. He says, you know, a servant is to honor his master. But he says, but you haven't honored me. He said, I've been faithful, I've loved you, I've chosen you, I've protected you, but you still don't honor me. He reminds them that God had told them how that they could approach God, how, could they, how they could find forgiveness. We learned about that a couple weeks ago, about the sacrifices, how one who was uh, wicked and, and wretched could find forgiveness in the blood of that sacrifice, how God's covering would come over them. And God says, where's my honor? I even showed you how we could have a relationship. Let me tell you something. Malachi said, let me, let me just remind you of something. He didn't do that with the Edomites. God never did that for the Babylonians. God never did that for the Greeks. But he says, but he did that with you. Have you ever thought how good God has been to let you young person grow up in a church that preaches the truth, that knows God? Have you ever thought of the billions in our world that are growing up and in Islamic faith that their Bible doesn't even use the word love, not even once? You ever thought about how much God loves you to choose you and protect you and bring you here? And instruct you in his word? Malachi said, I want to remind you how worthy God is. You've been divinely instructed. And then he reminds them that they had been shamefully deceitful. He said, some of you here in Israel, you've made vows to God, but you haven't come through. God says, I want you to take a lamb that is perfect, a lamb without blemish. And that's how I want you to approach me. That lamb will bring you, the blood of that lamb, that sacrifice will bring you that covering for your sin. It will bring my favor upon you. But you know what the people of Israel began to do in Malachi's day? They said, but I like that lamb. That lamb is too good to sacrifice. I got this lamb over here that he's got a broken leg. I'll give that one to God. There's one over here that that lost his eye. I'll give that one to God. There's one that has some imperfections. I'll give that one to God. Oh, they were talking a big talk. They were saying, oh, oh, we love the Lord. Oh, look at what God's done. He's given us a temple. Oh, he's given us new walls. But they were still sacrificing that which God had never asked for. I don't know if I even have to make the connection I'm sure you see it already. We live sometimes in a, in a day and age where that's somehow how we think of God's worthiness today. I'll give God my spare change. I'll give God my spare time. I'll give God whatever is left over in my life. And God says, but I want the first fruits of your labor. And God says, I, I want the best of your life. I want the best years of your life. I want the most of your strength. Not what's left over. Malachi reminds the people you know, God's been faithful. God's loved us. God's protected us. God is worthy of our best. God is worthy of all honor. God is worthy of our worship. You know, God hasn't changed. He told the people, God hasn't changed in 100 years. Can I tell you today in 2018, God has still not changed. God is still worthy of your worship and of your all. God is still one that loves you this morning. God is still faithful. One thing that you need to behold or perceive about the God of the Bible is that the God of the Bible is faithful to you and me. People that don't deserve faithfulness. People that don't deserve love. God is still loving. And God is so faithful. Malachi reminds the people, hey, God is faithful. But then, God, uh, but then Malachi continues in his messages and he says, not only God's unchanging in his faithfulness, but God is unchanging in his promises. You see, a second reminder of Malachi that he gives to the people is about God's promises. Look in chapter 2 in verse number 17. He says, ye have wearied the Lord with your words. And here comes the question. What, what do you mean? Yet ye say, where have we wearied him? Malachi is saying, listen, God's getting tired of just a lot of talk. And they say, well, how are we getting him tired? What, what is God getting really tired about? How have we wearied him? And Malachi, direct as he was, he says, well, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? He says, You know how you're wearying God? You're saying that, you know, God has promised a lot of things, but you know, I see these people, they don't live by God's promises, and it looks like they're doing fine. I mean, where is God's judgment on those people? Look at the nation of Babylon, they're still really great, and, 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 and look at the Medes and the Persians. They're, they're getting stronger in their power, and it looks like their empire is growing. Where's our empire? I thought God said He was going to make us a great people. And Malachi has to remind them that God is not changing in His promises. God was still going to do what He promised with them. God was still going to make them a great nation. God is still going to do something great with the people of Israel. By the way, we seem to be getting closer and closer to that time. If you watch the news at all, you see uh, that Israel is growing in its strength and, and Israel and God is protecting Israel. God's promises are slowly coming to pass because God always does what he says. But Malachi needed to remind them of those promises. He said, where have we wearied God's promises that people were asking? And how is it that, that God is tired of our talking? Well, because you're talking like God only honors those that do wrong. Like God only does good to those that don't do good to others. And he said, But you got it all wrong. I want to remind you of something about God's promises. God promises that he will supply. God always supplies. In fact, if you read in chapter 3, verse 1, we find that God supplied a messenger and a message. I believe that has a twofold meaning. There in chapter 3, verse 1, we see the play on words with the name Malachi, meaning my messenger. But then we also see that God always sends a messenger in time for the people. 400 years later, after Malachi's ministry, God would send a man by the name of John the Baptist as his messenger. And then he would send his son to bring that message. The message of hope. The message of new life. The message of forgiveness and redemption. And then, over the last 2,000 years, God has provided more and more messengers with the same message. Can I remind you of something? God has made you a messenger today if you have accepted Christ as your Savior. God has given you and I a message, a message of hope, a message of promise. I want you to notice not only did God supply a messenger and a message, but God would also bring a message that would bring change. He brought a message that would bring change. Those who would receive His promise would not stay the same. They would be different. And as you read in uh, chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, you'll find that that message was to change the people. He said, you're going to be different by this message. If you believe it, if you apply it, you'll be different. He supplied a message and a messenger. He provided a message that would change them. But then we find that God is a refiner as well. There in that same chapter, you find, you find that God promises to refine them, to make them pure as gold, to make them uh, pure and better. God's promises in life are always to bring us closer to what He wants us to be. Malachi says, I want you to know That God not only is supplying something, but He's also looking to refine you. You see, they were having a problem like many of us sometimes have a problem with. They wanted to live the way they wanted to live, but they wanted God's blessing in their life. Somehow that sounds very familiar to today's Christians sometimes. We we want to ignore God's promises. We want to live outside of God's promises, but we want God's blessings. You know the, the promise of God that, that says, if you just trust me, just like we were singing about early, only trust him, only trust him. If you just trust me and live by those principles, then you'll see that God will bless you, that God will be there for you. Those promises, you know, like, Giving what is the Lord's. Those promises that say, if I just do the right thing, though it might cost me temporarily, it always is worth it at the end. And God always comes through. You see, He was going to refine them to make them better than they were before. And He was going to refine them to, so that they could see Him in a new light. He wanted to remind them that you need to see me in a whole new light. That's when you get to verse number six, where he says, I'm the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Let, let me remind you of something, people of Israel, said Malachi. Let me remind you of something. God is trying to refine us, God is trying to make us different. God's given us a message that is different. God has given us promises that He's not given everyone else. God's given you something uh, that is special. He's given you his word, he's given you his promises, and he's going to refine you to make you better and to see him as he is. Can I remind you today, Christian, that that promise is still true today and that the refining fire is still working in our life? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that by the Spirit of God, verse 18, that The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and makes us more like the Son of God. He's trying to refine us today, to be better than we were, to see God in a different light, to see Him as the God that always uh, fulfills His promises, as a God that loves us this morning. Then I want you to notice the third truth that Malachi gives. He reminds them not only of God's unchanging faithfulness. He reminds them not only of uh, God's unchanging promises, but then he reminds them of God's unchanging ways. In verse number 7, he says this. He says, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. He says, but return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Once again, Malachi answering the question of his day. Uh, you talk about uh, God's unchanging ways, but, but, but Malachi, where have we gone wrong? That's what that question means. That question at the end, uh, wherein, they're not saying, how is it that we're to, to uh, return? They're saying, why should we return? Those are the old ways, Malachi. That's how they did it back then, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Malachi, this is a new day. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've progressed from like Moses and a tent. We have our own temple, Malachi. Don't you think see that things have, are different today, Malachi? Malachi, you're such a, a, an old timer with what you're saying. And Malachi says, Don't forget, God hasn't changed. You and I might have changed, but God has not changed. God is still saying, listen, there is a way that is right. The Word of God says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. But the Bible also says that the way of God always brings joy and contentment and peace and satisfaction. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. I have come that ye might have joy and joy more abundantly or life more abundantly. And I say that Malachi told the people there of God's unchanging ways. He reminded him of this, that his commands are righteous. It, 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 just to be as direct as he could, when they said, Malachi, why should we change? What are you talking about? We're on the wrong way. What, what do you mean? And, and, and right away, look what Malachi says in verse number eight. Right away, he says, well, will a man rob God? That ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? He says, in tithes and offerings. You know what Malachi was trying to make crystal clear to the people? That God hasn't changed his ways. He said, you know, people of Israel, we've changed in our giving. and We've changed in what we're doing. But, you know, God still, God still has a way that's the right way. God still wants you to do things in a certain manner and in a certain way. You know, like, God still wants you, young person, to keep your purity. Uh, Like you, married couple, uh, God still wants you to love your wife. And wife, he still wants you to love your husband and to stay together. He still wants godly families. He, He still wants, let me just say, a church that's moving forward, reaching others, and standing for the truth of his word. He still wants that today. We live in a society where many churches have compromised on the truth of the word of God. In fact, there's a really well-known preacher that just the last week or so declared that maybe we need to take out the Old Testament because, after all, that is for the law and the people of Israel. That's really not for us today. I'm assuming he's never read Malachi 3.6. I am the Lord. I change not. It's not that God has changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It just might have been that we have changed. God's not changing. His commands are still right. He says, Malachi says, hey, God's commands are righteous. We need to give God what is his. And then he says, listen, by the way, God loves to be tested on what he has said. Malachi tells him, listen, God's not worried about changing his ways because he knows this. His way always proves to be the right way. God says, why don't you try me in this? Why don't you just start giving to the temple, to the storehouse? Give your tithes and offerings and see if I won't bless you. And see if I won't do what I have promised you. And see if I won't be as faithful as I've always been. Malachi said, I want you to understand that God hasn't changed his ways. The message for you Israelites is God is not changing. The message in 2018 for you and me, Christian, is God is not changing. God's ways are still the right ways. God's uh, still wanting us to walk on that right path. In fact, Jeremiah, almost 200 years before Malachi, said, Hey, stand in the way and ask for the old paths and walk therein. The people said, We will not walk therein. Malachi here, 200 years later, is saying, hey, God's not changed. His ways are still right. Give to God what is His. Test God in what He is saying. And 2018, 2,500 years after Malachi wrote what he wrote and what we're studying this morning, God is still saying, why don't you test me? Test me in giving of your check. Test me in giving of your time. Test me in giving of your family. God knows His ways are the right ways. And then, Malachi ends with this thought of God's unchanging ways, that God's service to him is worth it. It's worth it. The people got to a point that said, is it really worth serving God anymore? Is there anything really different about what we're doing? And we're... Malachi told them, listen, serving God is worth it. It's not futile. It's not not something that doesn't matter. No, it matters. It matters greatly when you serve God. It matters. He reminds them that serving God brings God's blessing in their life. He said, "If if you just realized I've not changed, I have a blessing for you. If you just serve me, it's worth it at the end. Malachi reminds the people that God wants to bring blessing into their life if they'll just serve Him. And then he tells them that serving brings understanding. There at the end of chapter number 3, he says, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth Him not. You know, when you begin to see God as the unchanging God, when you begin to see that His ways are always right, no matter what society does, and really no matter, what, no matter what everyone else says around you, God is always a majority, whether we stand with Him or not. God says, if you just understand this, if you understand that I haven't changed in my ways, you'll find that I'll give you understanding as you serve me. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll help you see the difference. We we live in a in a society where we want to see products, right? We want to say, well, what's the end of this? What what's, what what are we going to get at, at, at what are we going to get out of it at the end? What's the final product here? Right? We we live in a society with technology, the way it's changing and things we just want to see new products, new products, new products. See what see what else there is? What are we going to come up with next? And God, in His unchanging ways, says, I'll, I'll help you to understand what the difference is. How much better it can be. Man, can I remind you this morning, as Malachi once did, God is unchanging. God's unchanging in His faithfulness. God is unchanging in His promises. God is unchanging in His ways. You know, that message rings true today. I would encourage you to remember that God has not changed. He is faithful. But the question this morning is, are you ready to change? God said, I haven't changed, but you, he said, will you return unto me? He said, return unto me. Come back. Don't just go around the detour sign thinking you'll be okay later down the road. You won't. God says, just come back to the main road. I'll show you. I'll show you when you get on a path that is unchanging, when you see me as a God that is unchanging, you'll see what I can do. You'll see me in a whole new light. The question is, will you make that decision today? I heard of a captain that was on a ship, and with his ship and his crew, they were traveling on the, on the waters there, dark at night, and And as they were approaching land, he saw a light in the distance. And uh, immediately, he told his signalmen to send a message to that light saying, Alter your course 10 degrees south. But just as soon as he sent that message, he received a reply that said, Alter your course 10 degrees north. The furious captain, upon receiving that message, sent another message. And he said, Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a captain. Right after he sent that message, another reply was sent and it said, Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a private third class by the name of Mike Jones. Now the captain is really furious. Some guy of that low rank is telling me what I'm going to do and he sends out one more message And he says, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Not long after that, he received a reply that said, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. Sometimes, if you don't view God as an unchanging God, you become a captain of a battleship about to get in a huge wreck let me encourage you this morning. View God as the unchanging God. His promises have not changed. His faithfulness is always there and His ways have remained the same. This morning, I wonder if you and I are willing to alter our course to the course of the unchanging God. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for Your Word. Thank You for the ministry of Malachi because... Father, there's so much there in his ministry that we need today. There's so much of that message that rings so true today. To see you, Father, not as a God that is changed in your righteousness and in your holiness. A God that has not changed in your love and in your faithfulness. Oh, but so many times we have. Perhaps this morning we're not as in love with you as we used to be. Perhaps we're not, Father, following you like we used to. Perhaps, Father, we're not trusting you as we ought to. Oh, but, Father, what a great reminder in the book of Malachi. Oh, that you have not changed. Help us to really, truly look at you for who you are. To change who and what we're trusting in. To change what we're loving. Oh, Father, to really change what we're doing. Oh, Father, I pray that you would speak in our hearts and show us areas and ways in which we need to get back closer with you. Oh, Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning. As the piano plays just one stanza, I won't make this long, but perhaps you're saying, Pastor, uh, that message that Malachi gave is a message that I need today there's just some areas in my life that I've changed that I just need to get back that I need to get closer to God with because I've just sort of detoured away I've altered my course but if you pray for me I want to decide today to go back to that faithful God to trust Him again like I did before to simply go down the path that He would have me to go would you just pray for me if that's your decision just raise your hand I'm not going to embarrass you Just raise your hand. God bless you. I see that hand. I see it. God bless you. Father, this morning, I I saw hands, but you saw hearts. And Father, I pray that this morning we would not leave here the same way. Father, I know my hand was up. There were so many times in my life I confess, Father, that I've detoured away. Oh, Father, but how we need to stay here because only by your continue on your path.